0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Late Late Show,
1: where I'm joined tonight by Lloyd Spriggin, a primary school teacher in Ipswich. And tonight, Lloyd and I will be exploring what life is like as an ITT and ETP teacher, hopefully giving you all some advice, tips, and support to all new teachers, plus perhaps providing some awareness to mentors and senior leaders too.
2: It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centered French, German, and Spanish 2024 GCSE is catered to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability, or reason for studying.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: BBC News reports on GCSE results and the impact resits in English and maths could have on post-16 providers. According to figures it has published on the news website, Over 167,000 pupils in England received Grade 3 or below in Maths, whilst 172,000 failed English language. The number of pupils not achieving Grade 4 in English language is highest for a decade. The Association of Colleges has estimated that the extra GCSE resits could cost around £16 million for the year, and highlighted the yo-yo effect the pandemic has had on resits, making planning a huge challenge. Julie McCulloch of Education union Askell said resits were demoralising for students and reform of English and maths qualifications was badly needed. Last year, only 20% of those retaking a maths GCSE achieved Grade 4 or above. The BBC also reported on GCSE pass rates in England, Wales and Northern Ireland as falling. The drop was steepest in England, but in Wales and Northern Ireland, grades were always meant to be higher. Analysis on the news website also indicates that in England, the gap between regions with lowest and highest proportions of GCSE passes and that state schools had a steeper fall in pass rates than in private schools. Schools Week featured on A-level results and the widening attainment gap between North and South. According to data published on its website, the North East now has the lowest proportion of A star and A grades, lower than pre-pandemic levels, at 22%. At the same time, London and the South East have recorded the biggest rises when compared to 2019. Labour's Shadow Schools Minister said the results showed the failure of the government's levelling up agenda. The article discusses a range of factors which across the best and worst performing regions including existing long-term deprivation exacerbated by the pandemic, food insecurity made worse by the current cost of living crisis and more usual factors such as attendance, device access and the use of catch-up schemes. Full details can be found on the Schools Week website. The Guardian also takes a look at academic outcomes for pupils, this time through the lens of those referred to social services during childhood. It states that data suggests these pupils are twice as likely to fail GCSE Maths and English than other pupils. Data from a three-year period found 53% of teens who had been referred to social care did not achieve a Grade 4 pass in both the GCSE subjects. This is in contrast to 24% in those not subject to a referral. The analysis was carried out by the charity Action for for children with a referral rather than just those who receive support. Around 318,000 children a year are referred to social care, although many do not meet thresholds to receive support. The Guardian also featured comments from school leaders on the impact high levels of absence and poor mental health of pupils have had on outcomes for some. Many cited a lack of formal support for pupils and their families, contributing to further strains on school staff as they tried to plug gaps usually filled by other services, such as social care and the NHS. Following on from its examination of regional disparity in academic outcomes across different regions, we also report on proposals for elite six forms being given the go-ahead. The Eaton Star 16 to 19 free schools, a collaboration between Eaton College and Star Academies, will open in Dudley, Teesside and Oldham. This is part of the 15 new free schools announced by government in the last week. The aim is to improve education standards and get more pupils from the North and Midlands to Oxbridge. The Sixth Form Colleges Association has, however, warned that more Sixth Forms could lead to existing high-performing provision being unnecessarily disrupted. Eton College will provide financial and extracurricular support through its partnership with STAR. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan commented on the 15 new schools saying we want to make more good school places available to families. The 15 schools also include two new university technology colleges, the first to be approved in five years and a Brit School North to be opened in Bradford. The sixth form sector has reacted to the new Bands saying that in the 55 education investment areas there are already enough colleges and school six forms in the areas to meet need. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to The Late Late Show with myself, Richie, and what is my second show for Teachers Talk Radio. If you didn't catch my first episode with Tamlin Rose last week, please do go back and re-listen to the conversation where we explored which novels we would recommend to Key Stage 3 students in the subject of English. This week, I am pleased to say I'm joined by Lloyd Spridgen, a person I know extremely well after spending my primary school and secondary school years with. Lloyd is going into his fourth year of teaching and the first uh, after becoming a fully qualified teacher after completing his ITT year and his ECT year two in July. Lloyd has taught a split class of years five and six and is now teaching a single year five class from September. Lloyd, thank you so much for joining me tonight in what is the final week of our six weeks holiday, he says with tears in his eyes. Firstly, how are you? And uh, secondly, are you excited for the new academic year?
4: Hello, Richie. Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah, loud and Perfect. clear, buddy. um I'm usually with technology, I'm not great. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here and um, Talking to yourself. Um, Yeah, no, I'm good, really, really good. Um, Congratulations on uh, your new radio show, by the way. Um, Last week I listened in, it was brilliant. And uh, thank you for having me on this week as well. But um, no, I'm all good. I've had a really good six weeks. I moved into a new house a few months ago, so I've just been doing lots of gardening and yeah, no, it's all good, all good. Excellent, yeah, busy six weeks then, uh,
1: moving into a new house and going into your first fully-fledged year. So are you excited for the new academic year? Are you a bit anxious? I always, like the night before, can never ever sleep. Uh, I think it's been like the week before actually this time uh, not being able to sleep so how how do you feel about moving into what is going to be your first full year obviously without any sort of training or any sort of mentoring
4: yeah no um quite quite excited obviously quite daunting as well um and I'm moving to school so I've done my two years eCT now um with Hosley primary school, which is an amazing uh rural primary school um about half an hour away from where where I live but I've decided to move schools um this year doing the single year group so that's in itself presenting you know excitement with new children new staff but also quite quite daunting there as well because obviously it's a, again fully on my own in a whole new school but no for all I'm quite excited about it
1: yeah absolutely and and the point really of of tonight's show is is revisiting both of our ITT years and ECT years and hopefully giving some advice to all new teachers because it's the best profession you know in the world I say that to every single ITT who walks through the doors of any school that I've been at it is literally the best profession in in my opinion it's something that is an absolute privilege to be able to do every single day so you know it's it's always nervous going into a new job and it's always nervous into you know, going into new environments. But I mean, let's start from the beginning. What compelled you to get into teaching?
4: It's um, so some, something I've always been really interested in. Um, I did try um, after university, after I left there, and it, it just didn't work out for one reason or another. Um, I ended up working in children's publishing and um, an opportunity came up when I left there um, several years ago now. And um, I applied for the skit course, I had my interview got accepted and haven't looked back since really and it was it was the since having my own my two boys it, you know seeing them grow and learn and that that really um relit the fire to get back in well to try again to get back into teaching and uh, thankfully it was fair time lucky and I'm, I'm over the moon i made that choice now it's, it's been great
1: primary school was there a particular reason was there anything that perhaps uh, you know, endeared you more to primary school teaching?
4: Yes, yeah, so I I would say um, I love the fact it can be quite challenging, but you have a wide range uh, of lessons you teach across the whole curricula. And um, that excites me, you know, um, I love learning as well as the children. So learning whether it's more about music and art. Um, my particular passion is um, is reading and writing. So English is one that I really enjoy teaching, but it's really you know, it's, I find it really exciting to learn, um, you know, every single day about new subjects and then obviously passing that on to the children. Um, but primary school in particular, getting into that again, that that was mainly because of becoming a father. And at that age, um, my eldest, Charlie, now is eight and seeing him um, at that age, I think it's just a wonderful age where they're like sponges, aren't they? They just soak it all in. And um, it's 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 an honour, isn't it? It's a privilege, really, to be part of that in their young lives. And And yeah, I think. It was always going to be primary school for me, I think. Okay, awesome. We
1: we have listeners tonight who are going into their ITT year who I'm sure will be feeling a whole host of emotions, excitement, nerves, anticipation, to name but a few. What were you feeling in the days leading up to before you started and, and was there perhaps anything you did to help that feeling?
4: Yeah, so um, again, a bit like with the, the new school, the new opportunity coming up, um, a bit of excitement, a bit of nerves, um, you know, a few questions of, am I, you know, doing the right thing? Is this what I want to do? Because I think, you know, it's a big decision, any career change, but certainly teaching. I think you need to really be passionate about it. But in terms of what things I did coming up to the the start of the skit course, I would I would go running. That's a passion of mine. Um, spending time with my family. And um, yeah, just, you um, Keep doing those things that sort of take your mind off and just, um, you know, whether, again, it's watching films with your family or or uh, going for walks and things like that. And then just, um, like I said, not try and overthink it, really, because um, it is a really exciting opportunity. I know, again, it can seem quite, quite scary, but um, it, it really isn't. And, um, yeah, it's trying to turn it into a positive, isn't it?
1: Yeah I mean absolutely and, and to all of the listeners who, who are listening please do call in and, and please do text in if you do have any of ITT or even ECT teachers we are going to get on to a little bit of, of what leadership teams can do as well to perhaps help which would be a really good exercise I think because you know as, as a senior leader myself I sometimes forget perhaps how daunting it is until I really think about it ITTs might be feeling and if there is something that you know, teachers in that classroom or in the school can do. Then please do call in and text in. Um, some really good ideas there. I remember that to, to try to get that feeling of of anxiety away or, or pressure away. I personally used to exercise and listen, listen to music and some really weird things. Is obviously you know being a big fan of Liverpool football club, I used to go through the squad numbers. Uh, in my head while I was trying to get to sleep like who plays number one who's number two who's number three and if that didn't work I'd go through the Premier League table and try and list all the Premier League teams and if that didn't work I'd go through all of the managers as well and that's something like just to try to clear your head you know try to demist everything that's going on in there because once you can see clearer as you said Lloyd it's not that scary you know once you've got everything in order and once you've cleared your mind I think that you know, you're you're in a really good state. And hopefully that will help a couple of people out. Now, as you know, I'm a secondary school teacher. And one of the first things that I remember about my ITT year was actually the first two weeks I had was at university. And the amount of people who enrolled on the course, it must have been between 60, 70 people. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, this is going to be amazing, meeting all of these people and having all of this like networking base that we can you know support each other we can bond and help each other and perhaps more importantly vent to each other and then we were asked to go into different rooms one room was for primary school this big lecture room and one for secondary school again another big lecture room and as i walked into the second room for all subjects by the way not just english secondary only 13 followed now out of 60 70 people only 14 of us was there for secondary school training, all the rest were primary. And for me, that completely blew my mind. I could not believe how many ITTs were primary school ITTs. Now, I actually became quite good friends. And we had a really solid group of 14 people um, and formed a cool little unit where we did, you know, vent and, and support and help each other. But for you, in that primary school setting, where there is, in my experience, a lot more, did you have a similar experience? where you able to like you know group up with
4: people experiences Um, uh, it's kind of yeah kind of a funny question that one because it's sort of a yes and yes and no to be honest because um unfortunately so my skit year started september 2020 so um sadly earlier that year is when um COVID first came about so we we had a co cohort of about 30 um others on the course um i think I think there was probably about—I want to say there was about maybe sixty primary uh, skip uh, training teachers, but they'd uh, split them into various cohorts. So there was thirty in mine, um, but because of the, the restrictions, we weren't able to meet in person. um All of our lectures up until the following May was all all remote and online. So that was quite a struggle, to be honest. But we did have a WhatsApp group set up straight from the off in in September of twenty twenty. Um, and we did do various Zoom calls, early doors to sort of introduce ourselves and get to know one another, and that did did really help. And we had that group, that WhatsApp group, for that whole entire year, um, and that did bring us, you know, all quite close together. I feel, um, like I said, in what was a very difficult time. Um, but then, when May came about, um, we were able to go for those last sort of few weeks of the course and meet in person at various uh lectures and seminars and that was really nice seeing all these people that you've been on this journey with um but yeah it was uh it was it was definitely something i would recommend you know whether now you have those groups you can meet in person um build those relationships get those numbers because those people um and like in your case friends or you know lifelong friends you can make there will they will get you through so definitely uh draw down on that
1: yeah. So, I mean, you know, that must have been completely surreal, really, for you to, to, to go through that, because my university days were every Monday. So as well as the first two weeks, we had every Monday in, uh, in university. And I remember those Mondays, everyone dreads the Mondays, don't they? But actually, those Mondays yeah. for me, even having to drive from Peterborough to Northampton, because my university was at Northampton uh, for teaching, um, I actually didn't mind those Mondays, you know, getting up at five in the morning and, and having a, having the drive over. And then all the things that I was perhaps anxious about, you know, I spoke to my friends, I spoke to, you know, my mentors there. And by Tuesday, I was raring to go. I had everything all ready and set out to go. I mean, you obviously didn't have that, but, you know, did you find still that support network in there? Or actually, did you feel that you would have benefited perhaps slightly with actually people and, and talking to people, bouncing ideas off each other as well in person?
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, that one. Um, I feel I feel like overall, we, we did pretty well. I think, you know, we, given the situation, I think with the WhatsApp group we had, there were like subgroups that came out of that as well, depending on um, certain presentations we had to work on in smaller groups. And, you know, I think we did as a cohort do really well just to pull together and, And be resilient in what was a, you know, very strange and and very horrible time for everyone. Um, And, you know, we we all sort of were able to come out of that the following sort of May uh, of 2021 and and see one another. And it, it was strange, but again, it was really nice to see these people, albeit towards the end of that journey. I think what was strange for me, I was so used to seeing them as a tiny box in the corner and, you know, meeting them for the first time. It was like, they're, you know, they've got arms, they've got legs, they're, you know, they're, they look completely different to how you imagine it. It's sort of you're just so used to, like I said, a tiny little screen. Um, and yeah, it was just quite a really nice um, experience a year on to kind of sort of shake hands and say, well done. And, you know, we're nearly there and, and sort of um, share those experiences. Um, but yeah, no. There was, there was some amazing, just to quickly add rich there were some amazing lecturers, uh, mentors. Um, so I did my skit through Essex and Thames primary skit. And, you know, our lecture times were remote half 10 to 2, uh, all on Zoom. And so it was condensed down. But some of the stuff they did, just, to, you know, bearing in mind we were at home, you know, there's so many things I didn't realise you could do with household items. And before you know it, you're running around, you're grabbing vinegar, bicarb soda and food coloring and then I'm having to explain to to Alex my wife why I'm doing a science lesson and I've turned the living room carpet red because uh it's gone everywhere but um they they did amazing with what they had at their disposal so uh, and I think we all benefited from that really I really like what you said about the WhatsApp groups, actually. And if there are anybody going into
1: ITTs, please do make sure that you network with people. And, and WhatsApp is such a great—I'm sure all of us use it—but it's it is actually such a great form of communication. And you know, as well as what the world is now with Teams, as well as Zoom, etc. You know, one of my big advices is actually collaborate with these people who you are basically in the foxhole with. And and do make sure that you you set up, you know, these group chats because, you know, you're all in it together. There is nobody better than you there. You are all in the same boat. And, you know, just make sure that if you have any questions is to ask each other. That's, that's you know, the first bit of advice, really. I think Lloyd and I are trying to get across to everybody. Um, speaking about mentors, actually, my university mentor, a man called Gareth Davis, who I generally still hold so dear to my heart, because he was so inspirational, kind, caring, and just so, so supportive. And Gareth played a massive role in my first year of teaching because if there were any questions, he was the person that I would want to go and talk to because it was completely non-judgmental. It was a, a really safe spot. He was a university lecturer, so he was away from the school that I was at. And, you know, things happen and obviously people drift apart. I generally don't think I've spoken to him since since graduation which was you know probably six months after my ott year so probably a good nine years now and i really do wish he's doing well but i would not be in in the situation that i am if it wasn't for him um i mean did you experience that with your mentors you already touched upon it but i suppose <clears throat> excuse me i suppose by being in covid during those times what was it like did did you have one-to-one um experience with your mentor did did you have sessions or did you have you know, activities where it was just YouTube where you could talk. I mean, how did that work for you in COVID?
4: Yeah. So, um, I had, um, for my, well, for my skit year and my ECT years, I've had all, uh, male mentors and I've had my first chap, Matt, Matt Wills, um, was, was really, really good. Um, especially in your, you know, your first placement from September to Christmas, um, in term one and you know, some of the advice um, that was shared. It was still, despite COVID, I was able to um, go in and and teach, trying to build up towards, I think it was 25% of timetable looking back now. Um, But he, yeah, he was brilliant for advice that was shared and helping me with my lesson planning just before Christmas, um, before your skip uh, mentors come and observe you, which um, if I look back now, I think some of those were done over Zoom as well. So that was quite strange. So I was having to teach to the class, um, but with a laptop at the back with the, um, whether, I think it was Zoom at the time, because um, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, uh, they, from the skip, no one was allowed, allowed to come into the school. So that was slightly strange, sort of teaching to the class and effectively to a laptop at the back where someone you know on the other end is sort of taking notes. You can't really gauge how you're how it's going, can you, from a laptop screen, whereas... Uh, someone standing at the back slightly different but um but no he he was brilliant and then from terms two and three um I had a chap called um Robert Hopegood um in a small um rural primary school and that was a split five six and he, he was brilliant as well just with sharing all his experience and I find I think we've touched on here you know it's the questioning isn't it if you don't ask you don't know and both of those mentors were brilliant for just you know Saying straight from the off, if you've got any questions, do ask, and I certainly did. And and you know, I think it, over time it does make you a far better practitioner because you can just draw on all that experience. Um, so I've had those two, and just to quickly add, I've in my ECT years, I've had um, a fantastic chap called Mister um, Patterson, Duncan Patterson. He um, has been um, amazing in every aspect, and I feel like you know when it got sort of tough in my first. Uh, year of teaching, he really sort of held me together. Whether it's making me a cup of tea, getting me a biscuit, um, just keeping me sane, and you know his advice um, over the last two years has has yeah, it's been amazing, really. So um, again, a sort of shout out to him because he he uh, has really helped a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean it's so important, and I will touch on this a bit later. But your university mentors are so important because, as I said, they're non-judgmental. They are just there to support you. They they have no real affiliation with the schools that you're in. So, again, it's not as if you're going to complain about a school to, like, your actual mentor and then, you know, you're a bit fearful about that because you might get back to whoever it might get back to. These guys are completely neutral, you know. And for me, another piece of advice for, for all ITT and ECTs listening is to absolutely make sure that you – try to, you know, grab every single nugget of information from these people because they have such a wealth of knowledge and they generally care about the profession of teaching, I believe anyway, you know, because that's what they're there for. And, you know, creating a really good atmosphere and a really good relationship with those people, in my experience, has always been, you know, integral. And after my first year, uh, uh, being an ITT I went on to be an NQT so I didn't have that two-year support program that the ECTs do and I think that two-year is is so much better because I know that after I came out of my NQT year I almost didn't feel ready um, to have like all support like wiped away from me and that to me was was far more daunting than actually you know my NQT year was because I always knew I had that base of support in there um for my first day, I, as I mentioned, worked about an hour and a bit away at a school in Wellingborough. So I had a bit of time to get my head straight in the car journey over there, although I'm not sure that was a good thing or a bad thing. There's so many thoughts. But I remember being so anxious about meeting the staff and making sure that I made the first right impression. And I think I was more apprehensive about that, about meeting the staff and meeting my future colleagues than I was being within you know a classroom full of 30 students. At first, what were your initial thoughts walking into that classroom on the first morning and what advice would you give to anybody else who's about to experience that next week?
4: So, um, like you've mentioned there, um, just just trying to relax um, and not necessarily worrying and being sort of head up on making those relationships with the staff as such, because that will, that will come over time. Um, you've got your staff room um, visits and your breaks and lunches and those relationships will form form over time. But um, I think it's just focusing sort of on your your class in hand. Um, Obviously, if you've had a, usually you get a handover with uh, with your mentor or you get an introduction, don't you, a few days before. Um, And so that sort of breaks the ice, which is quite nice um, if you've had that opportunity. And um, just going back to just quickly, Richie, what you said, a point about Obviously, using these mentors and drawing on their experience, and and um, you know they've been there, seen it, done it, got the t-shirt. Um, I think also it's you know it's it's all stuff, isn't it? It's the TAs as well, and especially you know depending on what class you're going into, um, the TAs are they're a godsend, aren't they? They're fantastic, and it's it's making sure you're asking them, you know, about certain children and dynamics in the class and and those little snippets of advice and did I do this okay and what would you recommend because they've they've been there in that classroom um longer than yourself in the first instance and they're really useful as well but um, yeah I would say just not to overthink it um try and turn those nerves into sort of you know real nice bubbly excitement because you're going to do something amazing and just seeing those children's faces for the first time your nerves will just wash away definitely it's brilliant when that. First meet and greet happens with your class. It's it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I um, I think that's such, such great advice is using ETAs, and I always say to to any new staff as well who who walk through the doors, make friends with the TA, make friends with the cleaners, make friends with the IT guys, and make friends with site team. They should be your first four people that you make friends with, the first four groups of people that you make friends with, because you will definitely need them every single day. So again, all ITTs and ECts they're the people you want to go and talk to because you definitely will need their help at some point. So um, again, TAs, such a wealth of knowledge in terms of when it comes to the students about what works well with students, about what group dynamics, as you quite rightly said as well, works well. So definitely, definitely, again, you know, make, make sure that you are talking to those people too. So you've walked into the classroom. I mean, One of my first lessons, I was thrown right in at the deep end, uh, year 11s. So, you know, 16 year olds. And whilst I'm, you know, almost double their age, it's still quite a daunting experience. Now, obviously, you know, I'm not saying that I was by any means intimidated by year 11s. But you know that these are the cats with the attitude, perhaps. And these are the cats that have seen it and done it all. How did you feel walking in on that first day what sort of uh, emotions were you feeling on the first morning with this with the actual students since so you've done your two days of training
4: so um the, how it how it happened or how it transpired from it, um my first the start of my course was going into school so that was sort of day one for me um and um I'll be honest it was it felt like i was Back at school myself in some respects, you know, you get all those yeah. nerves bubbling away and things like that. But then um, Matt was great sort of uh, introducing himself in person, getting me into the class, having a walk around the class and obviously the overall school. You have your meets and greets with various staff as you're going around as well. And then when the kids come in, um, my first part of the morning was just literally sitting down and going around and and uh, building those relationships and finding out, you know, their names, obviously. Um you know, what they like, what they don't like, Um, you know, whether that's about school or um, outside of that, and just, yeah, building those relationships, um, early doors, and I think that was really good, um, a good way of doing it, because it sort of breaks the ice between you and your class, that you are going to be building up to teaching, um, you know, considerably before Christmas, so um, I think doing that, to start with, was a really good way, because it definitely... Helped build up my confidence, rather than just um, being told this is uh, Mr. Spriggin, um He'll be teaching you at some point, and and then being thrown in the deep end of a few days later. It was sort of really nice just to go and yeah, start building relationships. with um, in in your
1: yeah, I think that's really good advice actually. Because in my first two weeks, I um, I was just observing, like purely observing in the first two weeks, and. I think what you you could easily do, and I perhaps did in the first maybe day or two, was just sit, make notes, take everything in, absorb everything. But actually, what was far more beneficial after I what I did find was actually going around and talking to the students, not only building relationships but actually seeing how they learn. Um, again, questions that new ITTs or ECTS could ask for new groups is um, what you know, whatever the teacher's doing. Like, is this a good way for you to learn? Is this you know? you what is it that you're learning how are you learning this and then you're making that conversation not just you know about anything personal but you're making that conversation and also in your head thinking okay will these students learn this way and that's a really good connection to have so again really really good advice um so you've been in the role for a few weeks of which i assume as i mentioned was was observing lessons in teaching was that right the first couple of weeks
4: in your placement perhaps yeah um pretty much um observing lessons um taking notes and then sort of building up towards um teaching a part of a lesson my, myself independently yeah okay
1: so after that then you've been handing the reins as you've mentioned in doing perhaps little parts of lessons so in my day of teacher training we had starters and plenaries nowadays we have sit down activities silent starts lesson postcards and many many more but essentially teaching smaller parts of the lesson how was the first few lessons that you
4: did yeah, um, I probably yeah they felt okay. I'm, I, <laughs> probably, probably um, if I had an out of body experience, probably not. But um, I know I've um, I struggled and I still do. I'm happy to admit that there's no shame in this with my time management. Um, depending on what I'm teaching, uh, I'm not sure if you you know share this, Richie. But you, I get so absorbed in stuff, and if I'm really passionate about it. I can waffle, uh, and before you know it, it's like fifteen minutes has gone, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, uh, we need to get on task because uh, it's going to be break time soon." So, um, I think those where I struggled personally the first couple of times teaching was was time management. But again, you know, Matt was great at sort of feeding that back. And sometimes you know it yourself, don't you? Because you're looking at those kids' faces, and they're they're just their brains are just slowly melting before you, and you realize, oh, you know, I need to sort of get these children on task their attention span particularly at that age is is limited so um but you learn that's what it's all about and I think I know I'm sure we'll touch on this later but I fight with hindsight now I would have um not put so much stress on myself to kind of um feel like I need to know everything and and cover everything it's sort of just sometimes just get in and and get out and and then evaluate how the lesson was after then but just but yeah no time management was uh a tricky one for me to start with, um, and behavior management as well. I think because you know it wasn't my class, and you're coming into it, aren't you? Slowly building up, and it, it is strange when you're teaching someone else's class, and that's one thing I've noticed since qualifying that it is so much different. Um, but yeah, again, you you just um, you've started to know their names, you start to know how they what they respond to, and And you start to find your style as well. So it's a really nice time in your early teaching career where, you know, you're learning a lot about yourself as well. So I would, again, flip that into a positive and think about, you know, forget about it being your first couple of times teaching. And, you know, how that might be quite scary, but flip it and think, well, actually, it's quite exciting. I see if I need to, if I'm a teacher that sort of needs to raise my voice more, if I do more verbal nods and And stuff like that and you really find out a lot about yourself as as well as the children so it's quite it's quite it's quite good i think
1: yeah i mean time management i think with the two the two things that you said there is perhaps something that 90 percent of teachers would struggle with in their first couple of lessons because that time management you can plan whatever you like but if if certain students have questions that quite frankly need to be answered about the subject then you need to answer them and five or ten minutes could have gone and then you plan has sort of been kibosh but actually in a good way so if people are listening and people are struggling with time management at the time at the minutes that you think oh, i should have spent 15 minutes on that i'm spending 25 well actually was that extra 10 minutes worth it because if it was and the students gained something from it then it's not a waste and if you didn't do a plenary or if you didn't get quite to the end of the lesson and again i'm not saying make a habit of it but sometimes it's okay to go over it's okay to explore whatever it is that you needed to explore in the next lesson because you can't plan for everything so the pace of the lesson as long as it is still pacey it's it's one of those if students need to know something it's never a waste of time because if they need to know something to help them progress either in life or in the subject then that can't be a waste of time and again your behavior management i think every single september lots of students will try to maybe you know say okay well we've got new teachers this september let's just see what you know subliminally we could do and you know it is one of those that all new teachers you know and existing teachers do fret about that behavior management but you've just got to be clear you've got to be consistent and you've got to straight stay strong with your beliefs as well and i do think lots of behavior management as you quite rightly said starts with building the relationships of the students once you've got a relationship with the students your behavior management comes non-existent, really. You just have to be consistent because the students know what to expect of you and you know what to expect with those students. So as long as your boundaries are clear, you know, hopefully everyone's behavior management should fall into place as well. I mean, what tips would you give yourself then in hindsight, because we did mention about hindsight, what would you go back and say, actually, I know that you said, don't stress too much about everything. And that is wonderful advice. Is there anything else that you would perhaps tweak in there, or, or, or is that enough, really?
4: No, I, I would definitely say the biggest bit of advice I could share is don't feel like you need to know everything, uh, even now. Um, I think, you know, certainly from my point of view, um, going into that skit year, I felt like if I was teaching that that English lesson, or that maths lesson, I felt like to be like a, if it was maths, like Carol Vorderman, and just all off the back of my hand, and I think that's impossible, especially, again, for me and my experience at primary, where you're having all these different subjects thrown at you quite quickly, and particularly after Christmas. And don't be afraid to just take a deep breath and realise, you know, I don't know everything. That's completely natural. Um, and actually, sometimes, and you'll learn this over time, sort of pushing it back on the children. And if they ask you a question you could, and you're not sure of yourself, you know, well, how do you think we could how do you think we could find that out? What resources do we have Um and they might mention, obviously, if they've got iPads or dictionaries um, or any other textbooks in the class. Um, you might see if anyone else knows and open it up to the rest of the class. And but I think in my first um, few months of, of my skit year, I felt like I had to just know the lesson inside out. And that, again, is just just impossible. So, you know, my biggest advice there is please, please, please do not do not worry that you don't know um, every every little bit of your subject, because that's also the beauty of the job we do, you, you learn it over time, um, and I, I think that's what makes it so uh, exciting and such a rewarding career, because you're always learning, and and obviously your teaching style is changing as well over time as you pick up different snippets of information, so that's one thing i definitely say, so don't put too much pressure on yourself thinking you, you need to know it all. Um, again, I think we've mentioned about asking lots of questions, um, you know, not just to your mentors, but to the wider uh, school staff as you build up those relationships and um, coming out of that as well, you know, outside of your, your day at school, if there's anything that helps sort of take your mind off, whether that's running, time with your family, going for a walk, walking the dog, um, reading, anything like that. And when I say reading something, you know, away from the course, um, I would definitely recommend that just to give you a little bit of a, a mental break, really.
1: The role of the mentor in in my opinion and we've we've both touched on this really is absolutely vital in any itt's career perhaps in fact the most important part and i was so fortunate to have a wonderful mentor who i still say to this day is one of the best teachers i've ever seen teach um called claire williams who without her i'm certain i wouldn't be where i am today she was just so thorough she always made me question you know every single aspect of my lesson as in you know how could i've made it better and what worked and it's it wasn't it wasn't a continuous barrage of you should do this and you should do that it was actually getting me to think and i think you know advice when it comes to having that mentor and and having that relationship because you do need a relationship with your mentor is again you know take on board what it is that they're saying don't be too defensive and you know i remember so many times that the dreaded question well how do you think that went and for me It was a dreading question because you don't ever want to be too harsh on yourself because you you don't want to necessarily like say, oh, I'm really bad and rah, rah, or I should have done this better. You have to actually own what you've done really well. And and I would say to everybody listening, think about the positives just as much as you do the negatives, because, you know, if you were like me, you might think about the negatives at five minutes, you know, where actually you what you did was fine, but this is what could have made it better. And you're not thinking about the other 50 or 55 minutes that actually went really well. So again, everybody listening, please do focus on those positives. Um, you spoke about your mentor as well. How much of an impact did they have on on
4: your career? So um, yeah, huge. Um, I think certainly helped get me through that that skit year, both Matt and um, Robert, who I've mentioned. Um, again, just being really supportive, really constructive with any with any feedback and again you do sometimes feel like you you take it on board you like, oh and you sometimes can but it, it, they're doing it because they want you to improve and they're you know whether it in my case might have been time management um and then when you're driving back home like you mentioned sometimes a drive can be a good or a bad thing but then you start over you can start analyzing it and you're like actually no they're they're saying this stuff because they're right actually that lesson did take a little while to get onto task and and, um, you know, I completely, you know, now agree with their feedback. So they were both really fantastic for that. And then in my ECT, uh, years, the two years just gone, um, Duncan's just, again, been really good uh, aside from the, the platform that we have to use each week, which sets the targets and, um, you know, the, the reading behind it, uh, and all the pedagogy, um, he's just been brilliant just in terms of, you know, when it's school finished and if it's making me a cup of tea or a coffee and he knows that you know maybe that i need a bit of a perk up grabbing a biscuit having a chat and saying you know how was your day uh, and then just sharing his advice um you know i've got so much from that um and you know it's thanks to him that you know i'm you know still teaching because um you know in those first couple of years it can feel quite quite tough and you do need that support network um you know, it's not just Duncan, the, the whole staff at Hosley have been fantastic as well. And um, I think, yeah, they, if you get a good mentor, then you, you have lucked out and it is, you know, draw down and draw down on them. And Duncan has been brilliant for that. Even, you know, lesson planning, sharing advice, um, sharing resources, um, you know, all of that stuff. Um, I've been really, really fortunate. So I'm, yeah, really pleased. Very lucky.
1: Yeah, I mean, on lesson planning, Claire used to uh, say to me, send it 24 hours in advance. She'll look over it with any yeah. improvements that you can make and ping it back again to everybody listening. If your mentor is willing to do that, absolutely 100% take that offer. Because again, you know, even even just Claire looking, which I'm sure would have taken her quite a long time looking through my lesson plans, which were like a ridiculous two, 3,000 words long for like a 50 minute <laughs> lesson, um, because that's what you do in an ITT year. Um, you know even just her sending it back to me and me redoing it before that lesson was again just just so beneficial so again I would definitely recommend if your mentor is willing to do that you take their advice um, thank you so much Lloyd for, uh, for, for all of your advice and tips so far I think as we've said to the most important thing in teaching and perhaps life is that if you're not sure of something then ask we both said it it shows signs of strength to ask for help not weakness and Something I've always said to my ITTs who I've mentored in the past and who have been in either my department or as, you know, head of English or assistant principal, because if you don't know, how are you supposed to if you don't
2: ask? It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centered French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying.
1: So you've finished your ICT year, and if you were anything like me, perhaps patted yourself on the back around June, July time, thinking that that year was perhaps the most rewarding, difficult, exhilarating, exhausting, enigmatic year of your life, but you know what you're doing now. You can teach, and so you go on to your ECT year one and off you go, only to find out, for me undoubtedly, that this ECT year is actually going to be much harder than your ITT year ever was. I mean, was that
4: the same for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, um, I don't know if I felt that prepared for it. I felt, I don't, I don't know, maybe I was so naive. I felt like maybe it would be a little bit easier, but um, only marginally. But no, it, absolutely, it was like falling off a cliff edge uh, a little bit. Um, and there'd be days where I'd be walking back to the car park at Hoseley um, and... Um, I'd be like, "Oh, that was such a good day. I feel like, you know, the kids learnt loads. You know, I am brilliant. This is I've I've I know how to do this already. This is great. I don't see what all the fuss is about." And then the next day, I'll be walking back through that same car park. "Oh my god, you know, how my uh, uh, you know, a teacher or, you know, an ECT teacher, I feel like I'm stealing a living and, you know, once the parents find out I'm such a fraud and you just have these like multitude of emotions. One day you felt like you were doing really well, the next you you felt you weren't and because, you know, it's, it comes at you thick and fast. Um, and that was quite, quite a, a struggle to deal with. But I think, you know, once you, you know, once it settled down after a few weeks, and I could take a, a big deep breath, you know, the, the network I had around me, I mentioned Duncan already, I had a, a fantastic TA, a uh, chap called Ed Messer uh, last year, and he used to be a secondary school teacher as well. Um, so I was very lucky to um, be able to, draw on his experience and um you know that helped get me through as well but no you are right you um it is it is definitely harder um than your training year but it it's only going to get better and um you know if you've got a good network around you you find over time that it starts it starts improving and before you know it the year is gone you take a big deep breath again like your skit year and you're like actually no i I can do this i've just done year one Um, and now with the extra year ect like you said the extra extra year you have that as well just to give you that little bit of extra support and mentorship and um, i'm hoping that will help you know not only just get more people into teaching but retain them as well by having that extra years um, uh, guidance so yeah
1: yeah i mean my ect year was called an nqt year and it only lasted one year and essentially i just had instead of a lesson observation I mean I had feedback in my ITT year after every single lesson which was great but I also had a a teacher in that class for every single lesson as well so I was never on my own but my NQT year I had like one meeting with my mentor a week which was all about of an hour and then I probably had one lesson observation every two or three weeks so I went from complete support to just not too much support and you know for me that was that was the difficulty was like well am I doing this right? Like, uh, am I okay? And it's, it's that self-doubt like that, that you mentioned yeah. really, and almost that imposter syndrome that thinks, Oh no, like I just want to do yeah. a good job. But again, it's, it's speaking to people, as you've said. So that extension, I believe the ECT years is such a, a positive move that it is now extended to two years. I mean, I obviously didn't go through the second year ECT. So For anybody listening who's an ITT or first year ECT, or maybe even going into their second year ECT, how did your second year work in terms of workload? Was it an increase of the previous
4: year at all? So I feel like the the ECT programme, it felt the the year just gone quite repetitive. It's very similar to year one. Uh, You look at your behaviour management, your pedagogy um, and your subject knowledge. But I think because you, you know, in hindsight now, I think doing it again and doing very similar targets which again Duncan and i would do on a weekly basis i think that does help them build up your confidence because you you know you can do it you did it last year and you're just doing it again just with um you know just building on your teaching uh, style so you know i think yeah having that extra year um and then also having that the opportunity still to to have those chats with your mentor um and um getting all that guidance is really useful. Um, you're still off timetable, it reduces slightly. So in year one you get 10% uh, as a year one ECT, and then I believe it drops down to 5% um, for year two. But I think roughly that works out to be uh, another hour or so. So you still get that extra hour's time to you know go off and um, check resources, um, do your ECT program um, and um, any tasks that you've been set and and Again, reading up on pedagogy, um, which is really useful still. So yeah, um, I think it was overall good to kind of, again, you're going through the same motions as as year one, but I think because you've done it, you get a chance to do it again even better. And that helped really build, build up my confidence, which I thought was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I recall quite a
1: lot of my lesson feedbacks and uh, and fortunately, a lot of them were very, very positive, but actually it was quite humbling at times to to think, I know that that lesson wasn't good, so I really don't know what my mentor is going to say. And obviously, they reflect that. And actually, it's quite humbling to go, okay, well, listen, I don't know everything. And that, again, is perfectly fine. So for everybody listening who might have a bad lesson, we all do. And it's about reflecting on that bad lesson and not letting it beat you down, because I can guarantee that if you teach one bad lesson in that day or week, you constantly think about that one bad lesson as opposed to all of the good ones that you've taught. And, you know, it's, it's about trying to move, you know, move forward with a strong and supportive team, but also move forward positively in your own mind too. Um, what advice would you give to senior leaders then? Because I don't want senior leaders to think, you know, well, this, is, this podcast or this radio show is all about ITTs and ECTs, because it's absolutely not. I, I, I've mentioned several times, actually, that, you know, being a senior leader, I try to place just as much of my time on ITTs and ECTs, because they are going to be the future outstanding teachers once you feed them everything that it is that they need to know. So is there any advice that you'd give to maybe senior leaders or even ITT and ECTs in terms of senior leaders?
4: Um, so very similar to what you said, really, I would say just as an overall, maybe not completely leaving it to the the mentor that they've assigned to the ECT. Obviously, you know, them they themselves dropping in, having those chats and maybe checking in on the target that their ECT is doing that, you know, that week, um, maybe sharing their own advice, because obviously they've been there and done it as well. Um, you know, it can be quite daunting as well. But if you as an ECT are happy with that, maybe they could... Um, come alongside your mentor as well and obviously observe when they've got the time and you know be part of that sort of journey as well because obviously they've they've taken you on they've seen something in you and obviously you want to have those opportunities to show them what what you can do and obviously off the back of that then get their advice as well because obviously two people telling you um you know how well you've done and where you can improve is is better than one isn't it so yeah i remember uh, when i was in my nqt year actually and uh, the assistant
1: principal came into one of my lessons and just stood i didn't know they were coming in just stood at the back of the classroom for about 15 minutes i thought they're either waiting to speak to me because i've done something (laughs) wrong or they're waiting to speak to a kid because they've done something wrong uh so i just kept going obviously and um then they walked out so i thought well okay well i don't know really what's going on there and they caught me in the canteen and just said i want to say you know really well done for that lesson rahdy really rah. and and that to me felt like that was you know as good as winning the lottery because for a senior leader to come over, come over to me and make a point of it in front of my peers and my colleagues and my mentor and say that I I did a good job you know that meant a lot to me so I try to to go into ITT's lessons and offer them support but also if there was something good in there I absolutely make sure that I tell it to them as well because as you've said these people have invested in you and there should not be a hierarchy in the school like I've always said that there should never yeah, be a hierarchy there should never be an us and them but actually these are the people that you want giving you a pat on the back so my advice you know to senior leaders would be actually to to make sure that you go and, and say well done to them did anyone do that to you what, what sort of impact did it have or would it have had you no know, one knew if, if that would have happened
4: yeah no I've had that happen quite a lot um so my previous head, uh, uh a lady called Sarah it's actually her birthday today happy birthday Sarah um yeah. she um was great she would come in as well and similar to yourself really just observe and then just you know give you uh, live feedback sometimes if um once they're on task the children maybe just putting you aside and saying do you know what? I really really like this and um you know why did you do this and um what do you think you could do differently next time and just having those chats and um in the moment as well was really good um because then you could put it into practice and think right well actually once um um sarah's gone i'll obviously try the strategy she's just maybe shared with me and see if that works and then obviously you know inevitably it, it did and then um you can then feed that back in the staff room later that day and be like, oh great thank you for that because i did do what you said and um you know it worked really really well and so and then you feel part of that, that wider team don't you again I think it was really important and completely agree with what you said about there shouldn't be any hierarchy there you're all one team with the same goal which is the children at the heart of it so I think the the overall um, leadership in terms of um, NQTs, ECTs it's it's making them feel all a part of that so yeah and I was very fortunate as well with that too. That's a good point as well make sure that if, if they do give you anything as well is you know
1: go back and and have that conversation oh I tried this and this is what happened and even if it didn't go to plan it didn't quite go to plan here so what else do you think I could do because again it's building that positive relationship within people in school within experienced people in school and just drawing and eking out every single bit of knowledge that is possible so again really really good tips I'm I'm going to hand you some quick fire questions then sure um and answer obviously honestly as you can (laughs) but um you know we're just going to do a quick round here so They are quite hard questions. so I will allow you obviously some thinking time. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) What was your hardest part of your training? What was the hardest
4: part of your training? Okay. So I would say coming into term three after Easter, um, touch and go on my skit course because I was still struggling with my time management. Um, So that was a difficult time. Um, You know, with my family as well, it's like, got to see this through, got to, pass the course because I need to get a job and you know I've got bills to pay and so that was a a tough time but again I asked the questions I stayed positive um and in my heart of heart you know you you know if you apply everything you've been taught you can do it and yeah that was very difficult but came through it thankfully passed my skip Um, and yeah the rest is history as they say Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But always believe in yourself. And yeah, and when the chips get down as well, you'll soon know whether you want to be in this in this job yeah. or not. And, you know, if you want to be in this job, you'll find a way to make it work. Absolutely. Yeah, um, you have two young boys and a wife at home. And this job is so demanding and time consuming, especially as an ITT or ECT. What advice would you give in balancing your work-life balance to ITT and ECTs?
4: Yeah, do you know what, Richie? That's a great question, actually. That's a really great question question um i will be honest i think i struggled with this year one uh with the work-life balance a lot um i would do certainly in the first few months a lot of midnight finishes a lot of books being brought home which um if there's time i would advise not to do any of that now but um i would say um live marking try and mark when you're in school get it done and out the way Um, try and do as much as you can in the morning if you're going early and stay late and get it done at school and as soon as you leave school that's it done for the next day get your resources printed go home be with your family um, and don't try not to think about school if you can rest of the evening that's what i'd say there definitely any advice you'd give to mentors um have those chats, um, you know, regularly with your ECTs, like Duncan, if you can, if they make those teas, make those coffees, they do help, they are appreciated, maybe throw in a biscuit as well, because we, you know, speaking for myself, I do like a biscuit. So, um, yeah, just having informal chats as well. I think those after school ones and at lunchtime ones, they go a long way as well. So I'd say that and finally for all
1: runners etc i noticed on your profile picture that you ran and completed the london marathon this year so massive massive congratulations for doing that um i'm running it next year so any london marathon tips or advice
4: yeah i would say biggest uh, bit of advice just enjoy it um don't you know, be hit up on a time as such or anything like that, enjoy it because the crowds are amazing. The views are amazing. Uh, I finished off running behind Forrest Gump. So I heard for the last five minutes, run Forrest, run. Um, so I couldn't help but smile well through gritted teeth after 25 miles, but just enjoy it. Um, you've worked hard for it or you will have. Um, it's your moment to sort of put it into practice. So enjoy it. Definitely. Okay. Brilliant. Love Thank that.
1: you so much for joining me today on this edition of The Late Late Show. As a friend, it's always a Great, great moment to catch up. But as a person who has a passion for teaching and education, as I know you do, I wanted to thank you for your time today and for all of the insight, perception and calmness that you brought to this radio show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. And uh, I really wish you nothing but the best in this upcoming year and in your career as well.
4: Thank you, Richie. And you too. All the best and good luck with London as well yeah thank you I'll need it Uh, join me
1: next week on The Late Late Show where I'll be joined by James Dean an online educator where we'll be discussing the impact of online education and how beneficial it can be thank you all for listening either live or as a podcast on Teachers Talk Radio I look forward to seeing you all next week but for now stay safe take care and see you soon
0: you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio